0: Cape Talk. Cape Talk. A world view from London with Adam Gilchrist. I wish you could see outside our building, here, Adam Gilchrist. It's a foggy day in Cape Town, not London Town. It's a foggy day in Cape Town. I won't sing for you, though. But how are you doing this morning? A
1: <laughs> foggy day in old Cape Town. Oh it has a ring to it. Not
0: the way I do it, obviously, but yeah, why not? Had me low, had me down. But let's get into the most important news of the day. We've seen an increase in missile attacks in Ukraine over the last few weeks. A barrage of missile attacks uh, directed towards Ukraine from Russia.
1: Yeah, it really felt like it was a sort of a twist of the knife, if you like. You almost think, was this the anniversary? Was this russia's freedom day or whatever they call it uh no it was just happened to be one of those days when suddenly uh, a number of cities targeted and uh i can't think that anyone could pretend that these were military targets as they hit power plants and water plants and residential areas in kiev and kharkiv and half a dozen other cities uh, nine people killed. That was confirmed uh, last night. So maybe the death toll has gone up a bit. But Ukrainians actually are used to now this whole business, including schools of getting down to the air raid shelter. In many cases, it's a basement. That's all it is. But they go down to the basement, wait till the sirens give them the all clear again. Spookily reminiscent of Europe in the Second World War. But one of the things that happened, to well, I suppose two of the important things that happened with this barrage of missile strikes, number one, Russia used these hypersonic missiles, which have a certain sort of scariness to them because they're meant to go so fast that they couldn't possibly be shot down, although Ukraine is claiming to have shot some down. But number two, they targeted the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant again. And uh, any number of headlines in tabloid newspapers this morning will scream at you about how close it was to a nuclear meltdown because once the power gets cut to a nuclear plant that's the issue that's when things suddenly start melting uh apparently the power was restored fairly quickly and in the end disaster averted but why would you fire missiles at a nuclear plant unless you absolutely intended to cause the worst kind of atrocity Uh, i just don't get how and why Russia is doing this? Is this just nutty madmen at the top or is there some sort of extra thing to Ooh. this?
0: And then let's move to to Georgia now. People power wins the day. The ruling party in Georgia had proposed a bull uh, that targeted so-called foreign agents. But after two nights of protest, the ruling party says, OK, OK, we'll drop the bull. Firstly, what was <laughs> this bull that was proposed?
1: Yes, a foreign investment bill, essentially. This is whereby non-governmental groups and in particular media companies in Georgia um, would be allowed 20% plus funding from abroad, foreign investment. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I'm pretty sure that South Africa, the UK, most countries rely on a certain degree of foreign investment. So to stop that in its tracks is a problem right off. But number two, of course... Uh, it causes problems for those companies in particular, if they, they how can they survive and float and pay their wages, et cetera. Uh, quite extraordinary that there were protests in the street. I mean, uh, some of it is, uh, I guess, about Georgia's status and, and concerns about Georgia in, in the sort of armpit of Russia. Um But a lot of this was about this specific bill. Can you remember a protest before about a specific legislation bill on foreign investment in companies? I mean, you think about the other kind of Mm. protests we've had. Uh, This was obviously terribly important to the good Mm. Georgians. Anyway, the power of the protest is that they have absolutely done a U-turn on that legislation. And are not going to restrict foreign investment, at least not down to 20%. They're not. Mm. Uh, And so absolutely power people power has won the day in that former soviet state and shouldn't we all applaud that when we look at people power and what it could do in other countries mm-hmm. in the world possibly including our own
0: and then finally uh, it's called being called sushi terrorism three people arrested mm-hmm. in japan for food interference, I, I I saw the story and I, as someone who particularly enjoys sushi here in Cape Town, I thought, gosh, what are people doing in Japan?
1: Yeah, it's a bit odd uh, to be called terrorism, shall we say. But what's happened is three people have been arrested because they have uh, videos of themselves and in some cases restaurant CCTV of them the classic sushi restaurant with the conveyor belt and the dishes go round and you help yourself and you take your utensils off the conveyor belt too. Uh, these three people licking a soy sauce bottle, um, licking the end of a chopstick, um, putting wasabi sauce into a dish that otherwise wouldn't have required it. I mean, it doesn't feel like terrorism, but boy, do the Japanese take their sushi very, very seriously, and by the sound of it, so do you, Lester. So, food interference—I mean, it's not particularly pleasant to think somebody's licked your chopsticks. Mm. It doesn't quite sound like an arrestable terrorist offence, mm. but as I say, Japan takes it very seriously.
0: Well, if if I if I've grown my awareness of uh, communicable diseases and
1: spread ah. over the last <laughs> okay.
0: three years, if someone is deliberately licking, you know, the top or the spout of my soy sauce bottle. I think that requires some punishment, Adam Gilchrist. But anyway, enjoy your weekend. Thanks so much. Chat you to you on Monday with the Worldview with Adam Gilchrist. Bye bye.